Last time on Pokemon Rollout, our adventurers woke up in the wilderness to the smell of bacon cooking. They followed Grunge to find the familiar face of gym leader McCool greeting them. He was happy to find our heroes because he had a mission that needed to be handled discreetly and with care. A hidden frozen ecosystem within the Crystal Caverns was in danger of becoming unbalanced. Before the team's combined body heat ruined the ecosystem, they were to catch one Amora, a frigid fossil Pokemon thought to be extinct. They entered the icy cave where they found herds of Bronzor, Albino, Swinub, and of course, Amora. Professor Sneeze used his Wormadam string shot to make sticky places to walk on the ice and caught a Lady Amora. Charlie managed to catch a hungry Swinub as he regaled the herd with a tail of a Mamoswine, and Liliana caught a Bronzor. The group left the icy cave helping the ecosystem remain balanced, at least for the time being. With McCool behind them, what lies ahead today in Pokemon Rollout? Hello and welcome to the world of Pokemon. My name is Nick, but these guys call me their Game Master. And you're listening to Pokemon Rollout, a real play Pokemon Tabletop United RPG podcast. What's your name? I'm Paul and I play Charlie Hiya Pine. I'm Michael and I play Professor Rudimentus. I'm sorry, Sneeze. <laughs> and I play Liddy. Ah, <laughs> no! <laughs> guys, I'm all messed up tonight. <laughs> I'm Lydia and I play Yaw. Liliana Shadow Garden. <laughs> <laughs> I give up. This is just how tonight's gonna be. In, in case you don't get to bloopers, just... we've been on here for probably about an hour with various technical issues and just, you know, our usual pre-show shenanigans and whatnot. For everyone listening, I apologize for the tone of this one being completely different from our current tone. Uh-oh. <laughs> you were oh. joking before. Okay. <laughs> oh, things are getting serious. <clears throat> well, we'll see. With what just happened, we will see. When we last left everyone, uh, you were just getting onto the road. I believe I said you're about half an hour or so away from low keep at this point. I don't remember that exact number, but I'll take it. Uh, Nick, we had this discussion. It's been four weeks since we've played this game. Yes, yes. And we've missed the birthday. (laughs) She is in the opposite direction, and you're not actually sure where that is, and they didn't give you an address. You can let it go. (laughs) I promise. Florence will not be upset that three random trainers who she has never met and knows nothing about is not at her birthday party. But we made would have made the day so much better, and she doesn't even know. Uh, yeah. Uh, Think of all the gifts we could have given her, like our presents. Yeah. Oh boy. I, I realized how I would have crashed that party now, but we're not going back to it. Okay. Not yet. Not this time. Next year. <laughs> Real quick mechanical question. Did we get a chance to heal? I couldn't remember if I put you half an hour away or half a day away. And I think I put you half a day away from when you left, uh, uh. from from when you left uh, McCool, getting you on the road. So 
Head, right. Heading down quite a bit, you are able to stop at a Pokemon Center and heal. Oh, yeah, just uh, as we were getting into the, uh, um, before we get there, uh, Charlie looks into the bush and he sees an oversized Bidoof. Hey, what's that oversized Bidoof doing? <laughs> we switch to an alternate universe because anyone seeing Shia Bidoof is killed by Shia Bidoof. <laughs> Charlie, you hear a voice in your ear. Instead of seeing something, you hear a voice in your ear saying, Don't make me do that again. <laughs> We've still got a little ways to go to reach. Yes. After getting healed up, now you're around half an hour away at this point. We're almost there, everybody. Is it, like, just there? Or, like, do we have to, like, go through any secret passages? Or have we kind of, like, woven our way through the mountains to get there? You're, like, right at the edge of the brooding jungle at this point. So, leaving that, you're already in foothills of the mountains at the end. So, leaving this, you're basically traveling through, like, along this path at the bottom of a valley to get to where Lowkeep actually is. Okay. And not too much in the way of secret passages and other things at this point. It, it is the place that everyone needs to go to in order to get from the D side of the region to the Chan side of the region. Okay. Yeah, it's not... They, they aren't trying to hide this from anyone. Oh, okay. It just sounded like with, uh, like, the code of, like, oh, if you go through this way and... Uh, yeah, that is, that is to get to the Monastery of the Scaled Fist. That is past Lowkeep. Yeah, Lowkeep is where that other passageway starts. So first you have to get to Lowkeep before you start taking the alternate path. Gotcha. Okay. So all of you are healed up and ready to go. So you leave the jungle following the small track that winds through it, joining up with the main road towards Lowkeep. The main road is deserted, just like many of the other roads on your journey thus far. According to your maps, Lowkeep should be about a half an hour's walk from here. Due to its position as the headquarters of the rangers, and as a concession to the D, many of whom who see the obvious aberration of a Chan-style fortress as just as much of an eyesore as Ratu, the city of Lowkeep has never expanded beyond its ancient walls built into the foot of the mountains. And so, there are no suburbs or small towns to walk through on your way, despite Lowkeep being the hub of travel between the traditional D and Chan sides of the region. About 20 minutes into your walk down the road, you see the first wisps of smoke. Five minutes later, the cliff wall blocking your view of the smoke source finally falls away, revealing Lowkeep rising obviously out of the hills in front of and above you. A small plaque set into the edge of the cliff right nearby informs you that this historic, breathtaking view of Lowkeep huddled like a bastiodon at the foot of the mountains at the end has remained relatively unchanged for centuries, and that many travelers have taken this moment to pause, admire the natural beauty of the mountains and the rugged strength of the fortress of Lowkeep, and perhaps snap a picture or two. At the moment, Lowkeep may be better compared to a Torkoal than a bastiodon, what with all the smoke rising from its streets. The actual streets of the city are hidden behind the forbidding blackstone walls of Lowkeep, but even from this distance you can hear shouts, occasional screams, explosions, and what sound like blasts of electricity. You're about five minutes away. The city's on fire, we should go, we should go help. Yeah, uh, let's go. Charlie just starts running toward, yeah, toward Lowkeep, yep. not, not in a, any other weird direction. <laughs> you can see it. <laughs> uh, I'm following. The gate of Lowkeep stands open, and inside is chaos. Sound, color, and sensation pour out of the city into the midday air. Uh, could I get a perception check from everyone, please? Yar. Mm -hmm. uh, Eleven. Uh, Seventeen. Nine. The chaos resolves itself as you're looking over it quickly into four rough groups, all contending against and around each other. The most obvious threat in this situation is also the most uh, confusing. 
Darting around in the air on the streets of the city are large blobs of blue-tinted clear gel. The insides of the gel coursing with pulsing wires and circuitry. Uh, even as you take in the scene, one of the gel blobs spins and forms into the vague shape of a large turtle-like Pokemon, landing on the ground with a heavy thud that is slightly obscured by the noise all around you. Uh, it raises a single blob arm and chops downwards, crushing a hole in a building seemingly at random, before floating back up into the air and darting away. Uh, the largest group of people seems to be civilians. They're dressed in regular clothes and seem to be both men and women of all ages, though there is a notable lack of any children younger than about Charlie's age among them. Uh, some of these people are carrying water to a large fire that had once been a building. Uh, some of them are directing water Pokémon of various species to help as well, while others are working with a few fighting types and other large Pokémon to quickly move rubble away and clear a large street. Uh, the faces of the people are set in grim determination, and while there is fear evident in each of them, that fear seems to be controlled. It's not as though this is... it's as though they've kind of gotten used to it at this point. To a, to a small extent. Uh, defending the civilians from the random attacks of these gel things are an older man and woman, each in the distinctive dark blue uniforms of the rangers. Uh, maybe three other people are dotted around the area in ranger uniforms as well in front of the main gates. One of them, a shorter woman with bright electric blue hair that just almost seems to be popping out from her uh, ranger hat, seems to be engaged in battle with two people from the fourth group while two are attacking the gel things alongside the fourth group. And, and about that fourth group, uh, there are maybe a dozen total in this area. Roughly half of them are dressed in heavy leather armor, swinging massive weighted mauls as they charge at these gel things floating through the air. Four more are in much lighter leathers. Three of them are alongside the mall bearers fighting the gel things with a motley array of Pokémon. Uh, while one is battling the ranger's Manectric with her own rock-like, rock-crab-like Pokémon that you haven't seen before. The last two are shrouded in saffron-yellow robes, which fade into orange and then red at the hems and sleeves. One of them is overseeing the battlefield, while another strikes at the ranger herself, with uh, the ranger that's fighting the two herself with wicked, familiar claws. Even as... You are looking over this scene, which, I uh, remind you, some of the rangers are fighting alongside the Flames of Agni, as you can obviously tell what that fourth group is, against these gel creatures, while two other Flames of Agni are fighting one ranger, seemingly almost like slightly separate. Uh, there's also a little bit of chaos, almost as though like they're not really... Actually, can I get an intuition quick? Yeah. Ooh, Ooh I got a 12. <laughs> 8. 17. Liliana and Professor Sneeze, you both realize this has been going on for at least a little while, which is why the civilians aren't panicking, and also why there aren't young children running around. They've at least got some semblance of order and are trying to get things put together. However, the Flames of Agni and the Rangers aren't so much working together as they are tolerating each other while all this is going on. Professor Sneeze, you realize that... Just like through looking over it again, you realize that the ranger that's being attacked 
and the Flames of Agni Beastmaster that's attacking her knew each other at some point, and that's probably why they're fighting right now. Ah, okay. The reason, Charlie, that you didn't notice this as much is because you are the first person to notice. The rest of you notice this as well. But Charlie is the first person to catch it that a bit of rubble falls off of a building nearby and bounces off of thin air with an audible clang. Huh? Just for a moment, and this is what catches Liliana and Professor Sneeze's eyes, a massive sleek gray creature resembling nothing else than an oversized poniard its arms ending in short chains affixed to large spiked balls instead of spikes shimmers into being in the same place where the rock fell before fading away again it was moving towards the civilians clearing the rubble no one in the battle seems to have noticed it yet okay what do you do i'm gonna roll a quick pokemon ed um, on, like, everything. The big blue blobs, uh, that ponyard-looking thing, uh, and everything else, uh, that's going on. So that's, uh, 26. I'm gonna answer that first, and then everyone else can roll what they like as well. Just that I don't get completely confused and mm -hmm. concerned with everything. So, the Beastmaster that is fighting... Ranger is using a Bulldore, which is a pure rock-type Pokemon. Um, they're actually, like, they're related to rock crystals, and so a lot of them are known to inhabit the crystal caverns. They move like crabs, so they only move side to side, they never change where they're facing. And they're always searching out water. That's kind of the main thing with them. But they're also fairly strong, pure rock types. Uh, the gel-like creatures are not Pokemon. The creature that you saw fade into existence and fade out is not a Pokemon. Oh, great. One of the Beastmasters seems to be working alongside a brown crocodilian-type Pokemon that's standing on two legs, and its eyes are half-lidded, and the bottom half of the skin around the eyes is black, and it has black stripes over its brown body and a pink neck and belly, like the front of the neck and belly down. Uh, that is a Krokorok, which is a ground and dark-type Pokemon. Um, okay. You realize as you're looking over it, actually you realize it from seeing their Pokemon. Another one of the Beastmasters is using a familiar white white and blue-furred Pokemon that you recognize as a Meowstic because you last fought it in Ratu in the factory, or in the power plants. Oh. So the Psychic-type Beastmaster that you fought there is here. The gang's all back together. <laughs> uh, I'll say another one that dings and reaches even farther back one of the Beastmasters is in slightly heavier leathers than the others and seems to be fighting alongside his Pokemon. In fact, uh, as you watch, he takes out some dried leaves from a pouch and <laughs> throws them, and they kind of swing out. He's fighting alongside a Tangela. Nice. <laughs> that is the same person who is in there. He is dressed in Beastmaster leathers. He is that grass trainer from uh, McCool's gym. So what you're saying is we have nothing to yeah. worry about then. <laughs> nothing to worry about. Right. Uh, it's all under control. And then, yeah, there was a Manectric out there. Uh, the various and sundry water types, water types and fighting types that are kind of being used to clear rubble and things are lower level than everything else on the fields. They are obviously not Pokemon that have been used for battle. That is what uh, Professor Sneeze gathers from everything here. Uh, I'm going to relay all that information. Those are those, are, those, are those Pokemon. And I recognize them. And they, those those aren't Pokemon. And the, the, did you see that thing that was invisible and now it's not? And, and then it was not invisible and now it is invisible again. And it's it's not a Pokemon either. And it's going to go and get those those citizens. That thing was moving fairly quickly. You don't have much time. Let's go get it. Well, what does everyone else want to do or roll at this time while Professor Sneeze was checking over the Pokemon? Oh. oh gosh. Um, <laughs> you said that Liliana also. Well, I suppose Professor Sneeze, anyways, talked about the Ponyard thing. 
Yes, and Liliana also saw it. Yeah. Liliana was probably the last one to see it, but she caught it before it vanished again. I guess, okay. like, so what, what I'm thinking right now is, like, what would Charlie perceive as the most dangerous thing? Like, because Charlie would want to, like, help out where he could with that. Like, and this all seems like to be relatively, like, an emergency, right? Well, you, what did you roll for your intuition check? Uh, my intuition was an eight. That'll be enough, because maybe that's what you were distracted by, too, that you weren't, like, kind of guessing with the scene you were trying to see what was the most dangerous. That thing that you saw first is moving towards a group of civilians that are, that have underleveled Pokemon are clumped together in a pretty close group, which may not be the best, and the two rangers who are essentially protecting them, like, this this poniard is moving away from you as though it just came through the door itself. Maybe it circled around, maybe it came in through the gate and you just didn't notice it, you're not sure what, but they aren't expecting anything to come from the gate. So the, the rangers aren't looking in that direction. So there's a giant semi-invisible poniard? Uh, it's completely invisible at the moment, but you la where you last saw it, you could at least fire... You could at least direct a Pokemon to fire at it or fire a shot at that place yourself. Okay. And you said that basically everyone is working together except for the blue-haired chick and the one Beastmaster that, like, apparently have beef with each other. And the shamanist that's attacking the blue-haired chick and the shamanist that seems to be just standing and watching. Uh, too much, Nick. Too much. Too many good <laughs> this is things. Like so, so much. It's like I'm in a candy store. <laughs> right? <sighs> should we should we move in like our initiative order? If you want to do it that way, that would probably be the simplest. The last thing I'll say is Professor Sneeze with your high enough intuition roll. Yeah. That even getting it off of this thing, it's kind of hard to read, but just Looking over the battlefield, that thing could do so much damage to that group of civilians before anyone was able to react to it. Should I just go then? Because I've got a plan for, like, at least an action to take. Charlie is faster if you want to do initiative order, but if but you are not in initiative yet until you choose to do something. So if it is okay with uh, Charlie and with Liliana, Professor Sneeze can just go. Okay, well, the only thing I'm going to do at the moment is hide in plain sight, so I'm good okay. with whatever else. <laughs> I say the only thing I was gonna think to do is I was gonna send uh, Harry out the Absol nice. uh, to go in and be like let the those Rangers know that there's something that they don't see that's dangerous, and then also mm -hmm. to um, to help try and like make the giant invisible poniard more visible. That's that's part of what my plan is. Okay, so what is Professor Sneeze doing? Well, you call you all will be able to act at once. Then that makes the most sense. I, I say, come on out, Kalora! And I send out my uh, recently caught Amora, uh, named Kalora. I say, Amora, straight over there! Shoot out a line of powder snow! Ah. So I'm going to have Amora use powder snow, hoping that this snow will land on the invisible thing and make it semi-visible, if not do extra damage as well. Roll accuracy for me. Eight. Eight. <laughs> uh, roll damage for me. Oh, I'm trading in my um, dry way for digestion buff. Okay. Which is going to do 10 extra damage and some other fun things. Uh, so it's going to be... Oh, minimum damage. 39 ice special. 39 ice special damage? Not great. <laughs> that did 7 ice special damage. <laughs> Oof. She spins around and just fires powder snow at and... Immediately as she fires, you realize, oh, she's slightly off. She's a little bit to the right. This, you don't think it's going to hit. And then as it's firing, it suddenly, like, the bit of the, iris uh, the powder snow goes knocked to one side. 
and you see uh, the in outline of a chain like flip flutter, and then mm -hmm. uh, as that chain like ripples out back into this giant sealed ponyard, which stops and just like it's floating in midair and it just spins mm. back around to face Professor's knees. I'm gonna also simultaneously yell to everybody. Everybody, look at that! The big, big invisible thing. It's dangerous. Its eyes flash once, and it starts turning towards you. You hear several voices cry out, "Chrome!" in in various levels of fear and urgency. Charlie, you are fastest in the current battle okay. because you are near <laughs> Professor Sneeze. So knowing that, hearing the word chrome and hearing the metal possibly makes me partially want to change what I sent out, but I think I'll still uh, leave, uh, let Harry go out. You're sending him specifically to warn the rangers, right? That, that was the primary goal. Like, I mean, rangers, they know what, what an Absol does, what an Absol uh, is supposed to do. If you wanted to leave him to his own devices in the battle, like getting to them and then kind of coming back to you, you could send out and command another Pokemon. I think I'll do that then, yeah. So yeah, I, I told uh, uh, Harry, go help those rangers, help uh, make sure they're aware of any danger. He, he was running around to warn them, and maybe he got there a second, because Charlie's faster, he got there a second before Professor Sneeze hit, uh, Crolora hits the chrome with a powder snow. And so they were kind of turning as that all happened. Uh, so hearing uh, chrome, Charlie thinks, steel type, uh, you know, Bernie... I know you had a rough go lately. I think it's your time to shine, buddy. Let's come on out. Bernie can go immediately because of Juggler. Yes. Um, and I think we're going to use... Let's look here. Oh, before I forget, uh, Liliana, can I, you said you did hide in plain sight. I completely forgot to ask. Can I get your stealth check? Oh, yes. 21. So, Charlie, sorry, you're on back. Bernie goes immediately. Uh, so you said that the powder snow really didn't illuminate this Pokemon as much as Professor Sneeze had intended. It's still just, is it still kind of invisible, or...? No, when it got hit, it became fully visible again. Then Bernie's going to use Flame Charge on it. Okay. So Bernie, Flame Charge that Ponyard, the thing that looks, looks like it's Katana. 13 for accuracy. Roll damage. Uh, that's uh, uh, 2d6 plus 10 plus 20, so that'll be a 37... Fire physical damage on Chrome. 37 fire physical. That did 18 fire physical damage. Oof. It was actually super effective wow. and it did 18 fire physical damage, just to let you know now. Big oof. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, Bernie leaps forward and slams into it. Uh, its eyes kind of like flash again as Bernie comes in there and it angles itself to intercept the charge and just hits it and rocks back and then just rocks forward again. Not to be like just ready to fight again, but but you said it did rock back though, right? Yes, it did. Kind of, it rocked back from the hit, and it definitely took the hit. It just rocked back and rocked forward again from it. Uh, so just so you're aware of Nick, flame charge increased Bernie's speed stage by one, and since he just ended his turn, speed boost also brings it up to two stages now. Okay, nice. wow, Bernie is Bernie is speeding on up. Good yes, to know. Is. Thank you. All right, Liliana, you are up. Okay, I'm going to release trigger. Can I also do a perception check on the right area? Right ahead. So yeah, so she's going to release trigger and then also kind of survey the area and try to figure out who is freaking out about Chrome. Okay, I got 16. 16. All right, looking over the battlefield, the two rangers who are protecting the civilians immediately, like they're spinning towards it and they're trying to get there. At the same time as this is going on, they they were still actively fighting and defending against gel creatures. They're trying to get to you as though this is the bigger threat, 
But there are other things that they have to defend the civilians on right now, so they're not going to be able to get to you right away. The people who are actually, like, still fighting, so the ranger, uh, the rangers and, here we go, the rangers and the flames of Agni who are seeming to be, like, uh, working alongside each other, they all look, but there's enough gel creatures in the area right now that they all kind of look over and then get back into their battles. Because, the, like, there's urgency in their movements. They're like, we need to deal with these now so we can deal with that. Everyone seems really concerned about this, as though this is not a good thing. They were also already strained. That's part of the reason why these two, these groups were working together. Because there was a bigger problem. And so this is an even bigger problem, but they can't deal with it yet until they deal with the other problem. The Beastmaster, Shamaness, and the Ranger who are fighting each other, you're not sure that they heard you. They seem to be locked in their own thing, as though, like, something is going on there. And as a matter of fact, before Charlie was able to move in this fight, the Ranger with the electric blue hair pointed at the, at, uh, the Bulldor and fired a pulsing ray of electricity at it, which knocked off a chunk of its, uh, like, just a chunk of its rock, though it barely seems to notice it. The Manectric, like, ran almost around the battlefield, like, just running extremely fast, stopped in the middle of the group, and blasted out a pulse of energy that hit the Bulldor, the Beastmaster, and the Shamanist all with arcing lightning that seems to have hit them pretty hard. And so they're, they're having their own kind of fights right now. Question, does Charlie recognize that this is the Shamanist? I know you described her, but it has... There are two Shamanists on the field, so these are Shamanesses. But it's like it's like the one that, that stabbed him in the gut, right? As far as you can tell, all of them wear the same robes. So, yes. And there are two of them at the moment, so yes. And one of them is the Shamanist... Oh, that's the other thing that uh, Liliana saw. The shamanist that was observing the battlefield, it starts moving your way. Or she starts moving your way. Specifically? Not you personally. Oh, okay. So towards the chrome, essentially. Towards the thing. Okay, so okay, so you sent out Tricker. Are you doing anything else with your turn? Um, can she still move? Walk closer somewhere. It's every time someone says um. <laughs> I can't say that anymore then. Like I hear um and then it cuts. <laughs> no, evil words. Um, oh shoot, I said it again, I'm sorry! Uh. <laughs> <laughs> you did it again! <laughs> no, that was uh, with U-H. Uh, okay, okay. Oh, I can't hear you. Can- <laughs> now, try. Hello. Go. Yes, Go. we hear you. Be decisive, do a thing. Okay, okay, okay. Can Liliana move? Can she, like, walk somewhere? Not do a battle thingy, yes, but just move. walk. Okay, I'm going to, uh, walk walk closer, sneak a sneak closer to to the shamanesses. You want to sneak closer to the chrome? No, to the, <laughs> the, the shamanesses. You can sneak closer to the shamaness. Okay. <sighs> I'm going to say that is what Liliana did. She sneaked closer to the shamaness. Sneak a sneak. Okay. <laughs> sneak a sneak. Perfect. That means that it She's is... She's so sneaky, her internet can't even find her. Oh my gosh, seriously. It is Professor Sneeze's turn. <laughs> Good. I'm going to acknowledge the fact that Kalora is at a disadvantage in this fight. Okay. <laughs> Kalora, come on back! I think we can use your help a great deal here, Shmoopy. Come on out! That is a full standard action, or full action for you, so... 
then it is the Chrome's turn. And actually, while you're looking at this, you realize that the Beastmaster in the other battle definitely got paralyzed by uh, the Manectrix attack because she seems like she's trying to do something and is completely unable to do it. But uh, Chrome, it's it kind of seems to be looking over the battlefield, and then it swings up one arm and just slams it down towards Bernie, and it hits, and it deals. Hang in there, Bernie. 35 typeless physical damage. Oh! Okay, that's... Ooh, that's, uh... Two injuries, I think. 35 mi- no, You didn't... You, what about minus oh, defense? Oh, uh, that's right, defense. So 35, that's actually only 24, so that's not so bad. That, yep. That's that, that's okay. <gasps> yeah. Yeah, you don't gain any injuries for, right now, but you still get hit. So yeah, 24 off of that, so Bernie yep. goes down to a 43 in HP. Yes. And it rolled one below, knocking Bernie's initiative to zero for the next round. Ooh. Oh, wow. So it hit with a thing, but Bernie would manage to kind of dodge to one side and catch it on the shoulder so, she, so that he could just shrug it off and to one side instead of the heavy blow. That means that it is Trigger's turn now. Uh, so just a thought I had here, because when Bernie did his, um, his flame charge, he said, like, it kind of hit the... It hit Chrome and kind of, like tilted but they came back yes so what i'm interpreting from that maybe this is what new it, it didn't intend but this is what i'm interpreting that it's maybe not as sturdy as it should be it's floating in midair so sturdiness may or may not be a concern of it so like would would charlie get the idea like maybe we can like tip this thing over or knock it down by like kind of with trigger and bernie like working together to try and like tip it over I will say again that it's floating in midair. There's not that like tipping it over won't do anything. While Trigger is getting ready to go, you realize that the shamaness was that that was attacking that uh, ranger was also paralyzed by the attack because she is also unable to move. That that mimic trick went really well. So what is Trigger doing? Karate chop, karate chop on Chrome. Okay, roll accuracy. I got a 10. That hits. Roll damage. 41. 41 fighting physical? Yeah. That did 24 fighting physical damage to it. Uh, yes, that was super effective. Is there any, like, so like with this uh, chrome thing, is there any indication if it's taking injuries or have we just not gotten there yet? Uh, there has not been an injury yet. Ooh. Healing behind the curtain for you guys. These things, I built them as monsters. Yeah, I believe it. Yeah, don't don't <laughs> worry about like they 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 aren't acting like Pokemon normally act. So don't worry too much. Throw a Pokeball at it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Trigger runs forward and does a great karate chop. He actually aims for the same spot that Bernie hit with his flame charge and dents in that burned metal. And it kind of creaks and uh, gets knocked. Uh, it kind of floats back a few feet before again pushing itself back forward and getting ready to, and uh, having its chains down ready to fight. Oh, man. Shmoopy is up. Shmoopy, hit the same spot with a mud bomb. Mud bomb attack. 17. Is that enough? Yes, that's enough to lower its accuracy. Yeah, that hits, too. 42 ground special. 42 ground special damage. Yarp. As the mud bomb flies through the air, uh, the... The chrome looks at it and drifts to one side. It, hey. it has levitate the ability as well as the as well as the capability. I mean, he did say it was is floating in the air. I did. 
I know mm -hmm. he did. But it's a mud bomb. He's throwing the mud. Like, this doesn't make sense. I know. Okay. Um, this <laughs> is this, this. No, it's fine. This is the, no, 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 this is the first, fine. this is the first time it has happened. And in the rule book, there is a rule variant to say that flying type Pokemons resist, uh, or, well, no, levitate. That, that's the thing. The, the ability levitate immediately becomes useless if we do that. Okay. No, it, don't it's, worry fine. About it. it's fine. It's fine. It's okay. fine. And we'll, it's fine. And we'll do that. Uh, Shmoopy kind of looks forlornly after her mud bomb. <laughs> As you're all kind of looking at that, and it's not, you know, the best feeling, but suddenly you have a slightly better sense of it, and there's a little bit of just, like, a feeling of, of something just floating over you for a second. Um, all of you gain the effects of Lucky Chance. Uh, you have three coats of this. If you are hit by a critical hit, you can treat it as a normal hit instead. Okay. The shamaness uh, who has been chanting quietly as she got near you kind of gives a sniff, but doesn't get any closer. At the end of this round, as you're going through it, you see that the bulldog actually managed to fight through the par paralysis over there and fire a bunch of rocks at the Manectric, seriously wounding it but not knocking it out yet. And as we get to the top of the next round, the Manectric rushes forward and bites down on this bulldog, which barely seems to notice the attack. And then the ranger with electric blue hair points her finger at the bulldog, and a bolt of lightning, a giant bolt of lightning, fires down out of the clear blue sky and lands five feet to the left from that bulldog. Charlie is up. Alright, um, Charlie will do... Charlie? I, I always started that way and I don't mean to. <laughs> <laughs> Classic. Charlie. Um, but no, like, uh, getting this, uh, Charlie is a little bit inspired, and, uh, it's like, oh yeah, Charlie, I, hey, I can, I can, I can help people out, too. I can do good things. <laughs> yeah, hey, Charlie. Um, so, I'm gonna look at my cheerleader stuff. Sorry, it's been a while since I've played this, the character, so I don't remember everything that he does. Do I choose who my allies are on the field? Uh, yes, you are the one who chooses who your allies are. Um, so, uh, Charlie uses, uh, Don't Stop Now, and, uh, basically, uh, Charlie is going to be using this on everyone except for the, uh, Flames of Agni and the, the rangers that are fighting each other. Uh, everyone else gets this Don't Stop Now, like, alright, we got this big thing to deal with, I don't know what's going on over there, but, like, uh, we can do this, guys, Don't Stop Now, we can take these things down. All of the Flames of Agony except for the Beastmaster and the Shamaness and all of the Rangers except for the Ranger that's fighting? Correct. Let me make sure that you can do that with Cheerleader. I think you can, but keep going. Uh, and then plus uh, also um, Liliana, Professor Sneeze, yeah, all the everyone allies. else. <laughs> all the regulars. Um, so all allies on the field gain temporary hit points equal to my charm rank and become excited. And excited is a condition that you can exchange... Um, Hit by a damaging attack, you can gain a 5-point damage reduction. In effect, so let me just double-check my charm rank. Level 6, so everyone has gained 6 temporary hit points and uh, the charm rank. And then also, basically, if you take damage, you can get a 5-point damage reduction. Okay, got it. Uh, will that apply to both Bernie and um, uh, Harry as well, then? Yes, that will. Cool. Liliana is up. She just, she ties with Bernie, and Ty goes to the trainers. Even with Bernie's uh, speed boost? Yes, that is why she ties with Bernie. So there are still those blobby things flying around and causing damage, right? Yes, there is a whole bunch of them. I'm just going to do double team right now. So you are giving yourself coats. And that's your turn? 
Actually, can I move? Can I move closer still? Yes, you can keep moving towards the shamaness. Okay, I do the, both of those things then. Okay. And then I'm good. Okay, so that is your turn. Uh, Charlie, oh, uh, Liliana, uh, Liliana, you did not get the effects of Lucky Chant because the shamaness didn't see you. Oh, shoot, are you kidding me? I am not. I ju- like, she, she did not roll high enough to beat yourself, so. Uh, now it is Bernie's turn. Bernie is going to uh, double kick. Okay. So, uh, and I think uh, we're, we're all trying to like focus our energies on that one spot, and I think that's a, a good idea. It may not matter, but we're going to try it anyway. For flavor, it matters. Yes, so we're going to keep focusing on, on that spot uh, to try and keep uh, damaging and hopefully putting a hole in it. And so we're going to double kick. So I have to roll twice, right? Yes, roll twice. First one is a 16. Okay. And the second one is a 6. So the first one hits, so it hits once. So just roll the regular. Alright, so that, ooh, that's a nice roll. That's a 7. 35 fighting physical damage. 35 fighting physical damage. That did 15 fighting physical damage. Okay. Good, which is not quite enough to give it an injury yet. Okay. Bernie comes up and the first kick actually gets uh, fouled by one of the thing's chains, but he immediately spins around, even though being like captured up in it in midair, and just does a back kick to the center of uh, this thing's chest, and you hear kind of the screech of metal starting to break as he kicks into it and flips back up and lands back on his feet. Yeah, way to go, Bernie. And that means that it is Professor Sneeze's turn. I think I'm going to keep Smoopy out, and I'm going to power up the hair muscles, and I'm use dry attack on the, the chrome thing. So, and I roll, and that's a three. Okay, the try attack goes wild, uh, actually clips one of the chrome creatures as it goes past and slams into a building. <laughs> Sorry! You're not sure how much damage it did to the building. The building was already damaged anyways, but you know. As you're looking over, you realize that that Beastmaster that's in that fight is really having a hard time of it, uh, because she is still unable to get over uh, the paralysis. So. <laughs> He's really having trouble, but now it is the Chrome's turn, and the Chrome kind of, its eyes flash again, and almost like it's running diagnostic in his head, and it spins towards Trigger. Bernie has done the most aggregate damage, but Trigger's done the most damage with a single strike, I believe. Mm -hmm. Actually, I think Bernie still did the most damage with a single strike. Oops. Yeah, because Bernie, because that flame charge really hit him. Lay it on. Yep, so it's going to do that, and it's just going to swing with another big swing for the bash again. This time, it hits pretty hard. Okay. No. Clonks the top of his head. Wait, was it a crit? Because It was not a crit. Chant. Oh. It, was, it was not a crit. It was close, but it was not a crit. 36 typeless physical damage. Okay, so that's going to be 25. Okay. Uh, so Bernie does take an injury, and Bernie's initiative drops to zero. Wait, oh, no, it can't do this. Ignore everything I just said. Okay, good. Oh. But what it actually, here's what it does. It's, it's running diagnostics, and it looks over to uh, to Trigger, and its eyes oh. its eyes flash, and Trigger goes photo negative for a second. Trigger's Ooh. karate chop is disabled. Oh. Wait a second. Uh, nah. I forgot to do it at the time that would have made it so that it, did, it could do it as a free action, but it, it forgot to do it then, so that is its turn. Alright, so that means that it is uh, Trigger's turn. I will just have Trigger use focus energy for now then. Nice. 
So Trigger, you know, after being photonegative, he's a little shocked, but he kind of hunches down and you can hear him like muttering to himself. It's like the Machoke terms of like, you got this man, you got this, you got this fight. You know, you hit him, you got, you got a good solid hit on him, you're ready to go, you're getting in as he's pumping himself up. The shamanist that is fighting the uh, electric blue haired uh, ranger gets over her, uh, her paralysis for the moment and she teleports in front of the ranger and in something that's, that sends a twinge of sympathetic pain through Charlie, jabs her claws into her stomach and then pulls them back out. The ranger, to her credit, winces, but reacts very little other than that. So she takes it, but it's a heavy hit on her using the same strike with it. Um, And that means that it is Schmoopy's turn. All right, Schmoopy, let's try a different tactic. Let's use a water pulse. And as Schmoopy uses the water pulse, I'm going to do a couple of things. First, I'm going to trade in the dry wafer digestion buff, increasing the effect range by one. And I'm going to uh, turn in one of my daily uses of Echoes of the Future, which allows Schmoopy to roll twice and take the best result Okay. on this attack. And we got a 19. That's Ooh. what I'm saying. Okay. Roll again, just in case you get a 20. Uh, no, I, I rolled two. Okay. It was a 19 and a five. Nice. I'm, I'm glad I did the, the two. Okay. It's going to be... Not a ton of damage. Here. 41 water special. 41 water special on this. Mm-hmm. And it confuses the crumb. And it confuses. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, 41 water special. That deals 16 water special damage. Um, again, you guys are—you guys seem to be getting somewhere with hammering the same spot. So this water pulse comes blasting yeah. out and just knocks into it. You can start seeing, um, as you're getting closer, you can start seeing like a tiny gap in the chrome. You're not seeing anything within it, but there's like a little gap there that's kind of starting to form as you're tearing through it. And looks back up at you and its eyes just kind of glow dully, but nothing else changes with it. It is not confused. Aww. It's immune to confusion. You're immune to confusion. I am not immune to confusion. You guys show that every time we record. (laughs) (laughs) You guys see uh, the shamaness kind of looks you guys over, and then there's just a tiny shrug under her robe like, you guys have got this. And she does nothing for her turn. Oh, come on! (laughs) What? I mean, let's be honest. This is what Charlie would probably do if he felt the same way. (laughs) At least throw a rock at it. She's not interested in helping you. She's just interested in you not dying. Thanks, I guess. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, the, the bulldog just lowers down what, what makes up for its head and just charges at the Manectric, which just dodges to one side. Like, it, it, it steps to one side, basically flash steps to one side because it's just that fast. Because of everything that this Manectric has done, it has an initiative of 42 at the moment. Holy cow. And so because of that, this thing flash steps and then immediately flash steps back to be in between the Beastmaster and the Bulldor. The Shamaness, realizing what was about to come, got out of there and it uses Discharge again. So it blasts out uh, an orb of uh, electrical force that catches both the Beastmaster and uh, the Bulldor. This time, like as you're seeing it, you actually see a shimmer of energy pass over the Beastmaster and the Bulldor as they get hit and kind of knock it back because they just used Light Screen or they use one of their charges of Light Screen to protect themselves against this. But they still got hit pretty hard. And then the Ranger, like you see her concentrate for a moment and then she points to the Shamaness and a burst of kind of, of lighter electrical energy hits the Shamaness. And before any of you can move, well, actually, Charlie, you're up. 
Okay. So a burst of electrical energy hits the shamaness, and then Charlie is up. Okay. Um. So Charlie. Wait. How fast is Bernie? How fast is Bernie now? Because he got speed boost. Uh, Bernie's seventeen. Seventeen. Okay. Yes. So Charlie's up. Now, uh, I did have a question, Nick. In, in taking Hex yes. Maniac, does anything come along with it right away, or is that going to have to be besides the effects of whatever he the Hex Maniac feature is? I'll, I'll get into that later here. So, um, Charlie's going to. Yeah, go, go ahead and see what Charlie's going to do. Let me, I, I'll look it up while you're looking yeah, at no, it. I'm, I'm just going to see like if I'm going to do another uh, buff thing right now. I don't know where my document went. What you get from Hex Maniac is under feats, add one to your HP. So your HP is actually higher than it currently is. Cool. Because you have a plus one from it. And uh, choose Cursed Body or Omen, and you gain that ability. Cool. All right. Um, That's it. Um, so what I do want to look at, though, is if Charlie... Uh, if I want to use any... Uh, go fight win again <laughs> right now. God, I need, to find, I need to find a new intonation of how to say that. <laughs> Go, go bro with it. Charlie! <laughs> We're on a bridge, Charlie. <laughs> Maybe this will help. I say, you, you always sound so optimistic when you guys talk. Maybe this will help. <laughs> uh, so what we're going to do is I'm going to pick uh, defense. All allies on the field gain a plus one compensation to the chosen stat and become motivated. Uh, you're using... Uh, show your best. You can stack all of those together. They, they aren't mutually exclusive, right? That is correct. It says nothing. It just says it's at will, standard action. Stuff. Targets can have more than one... Uh, uh, da, da, da. Oh, da, 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 da. I'm just making sure. Yes, yes, you're fine. You're fine. Yep. So, uh, yeah, we do show your best. So, uh, you're going to choose defense. All allies gain a plus one uh, combat stage to that chosen stat, and they become motivated. Motivated, by the way, is uh, you can give it that condition to increase. Basically, if your combat stage went down, you can bring it up one stage. Alright, that's Charlie's turn? That is Charlie. Uh, yeah, the same allies that I boosted before. Okay, cool. That means that it is Bernie's turn. Alright, so let me drop in his defense here. Bernie's going to... I think we're going to follow up with another double kick. Come on, Bernie, we're, we're making some good progress here. Keep going for that spot. Uh, hit it with both your feet this time. You got this. Uh, he doesn't. The first one's a five. Yeah, that doesn't hit. Oh, no. It's a one. Oh, it's a no. one. It's a one. This time the chrome is ready for burning. <laughs> so the first kick gets fouled by one chain, and as he spins around to do the other kick, it knocks his uh, his uh, leg up, so he falls prone. That's very generous. He's not harmed with it, and he can probably get back up any moment there. Now, before Liliana can move, that ranger moves again. Ooh. She charges towards the shamaness and does essentially a backflip over the shamanist's head and kicks the shamanist in the back before landing in a roll and standing back up using acrobatics. The shamanist is still standing after that because shamanists are brutal. She is kind of staggering from it. Uh, still getting her bearings back together. Liliana, you're up. How close am I to the shamanist? <laughs> uh, I will say you were within five feet at this point. Yes! Okay, I'm gonna use Thief. Okay. Good. Thief will reveal yourself because it's an attack. I don't care. But the definition of theft is stealing something without someone knowing it. If that is the definition, <laughs> this should be called mug. There you go. I got a 16 for accuracy. That hits. Okay, and then I got 34 dark physical. 34 dark physical damage. Well, luckily for her, since she was out of the battle, she hadn't, she didn't find the thing that would have turned her into a ghost type at the moment. How oh. convenient. <laughs> 
she takes that as normal damage instead of things. If she if she'd hit the other one with it, she that one would have taken it. But because this one was out of battle, uh, she takes twenty dark physical damage. And that's so still a solid hit. Because it kind of it's not forward, and you grab as you're going through that like. It's basically, the, the way I'm seeing it is you kind of appear out of nowhere, just body check her with your elbow, and as she's kind of getting knocked back, you just strip the claws from her hands as she's flying back. So you, you hit her and just strip the claws away, <clears throat> and you're holding them for a second. They feel way too cold, like just icy, icy cold, and as you're looking at them, they fall through your hands. No! And hit the ground. Oh, come oh. on! These are spectral claws. They're literally ghost weapons. It's literally shadow claw. <laughs> what I will say is, for a second there, Lydia, you were holding them. You were holding them. And then they slipped through your hands. I am a god! <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, the shamaness regains her feet. Professor Sneeze, you're up. Who cut off her feet? <laughs> <laughs> I did. Fear me. <laughs> Do we want to start adding dismemberment? No. Not All right. That's okay. Um, <laughs> not until we're on the other side of the mountains. All right. I did already um, break off that leg from the spinner act. I don't know if I count that. That's true. Robot dismemberment is lower on that level, which, you know, can be a fun conversation, but part and parcel <laughs> with robots. My turn. Yes. I talk now. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Then do it! Well done. <laughs> All right. Come on back, Schmoopy. You've done a great job. I appreciate everything that you do. Archie, you're up. Okay, and that is a full round action because Schmoopy was not yep. fainted. But Archie has a speed of 28. Yeah, so Archie goes immediately. Oh, that's ridiculous. Archie, use the cold light of fact. Should have done this sooner. So that's Archie's special move that I think I've only used once before. Yes. Uh, I'm gonna just read it. It's a scene move. The weather becomes sunny for five rounds. All combat stages on the field are set to zero. Any invisible Pokemon or trainers appear. Sneak checks are made at a minus two penalty and illusions won't work. So there's a bit of a double-edged sword on this, but I'm hoping the sunniness will help Bernie. And also possibly me with my uh, try it or with my weather ball. By the way, Archie's speed drops to 20. Yep. And Bernie's speed drops to 11 because he loses all his speed combat stages. So are we sure we want to do this? Is it like, I mean, oh, wait, wait. Because of show your best. Yes. Everybody regains a combat stage. This was a weird oversight. Professor Sneeze, I will say this is up to you. I would be okay with this being all enemy combat stages on the field are set to zero. Well, I was thinking that like it could be a bonus too if yeah. we have negative combat stages. That's the biggest trick. Is do you want like is this worth the trade on combat stages? And this is your thing. Sure. Say, so just a couple things to consider. Um, show your best doesn't make you regain it. It's if you go negative, it can bring you up one stage. Oh. And so if you were to do this, it would reset everyone's defense buff that I gave them. True. Ah. I think I'm gonna do it anyway. I know it's gonna like undo a little bit of what you just did. It's a tough trick. Yeah, I'm not gonna second guess it. I can maybe reconsider some of the options on this move later, but the conceit behind it was it just, it's a bit of a reset button on some things. Okay. All right. So. Cold light effect activates everything. It's basically like a spotlight is put upon the field. Everything gets sharper and clearer. Everything's able to be seen and everything resets. Actually, as this resets, you hear a hey! And the ranger looks over to you and is like, I was using that boost! Ugh. 
<laughs> uh, I'm just messing with everybody. It's like, eh, whatever. I might be a normal type trainer, but there ain't nothing normal about me. <laughs> From across the battlefield, you just hear, that's for sure. <laughs> the Beastmaster right now uh, takes the moment of the ranger's distraction to pull out a paralyzed heel and just spray it on herself. She's tired of losing her turn. She didn't drink it like Poliana. <laughs> no. She's she, not as B.A. She knows that uh, th- that it gets absorbed and the skin works immediately and drinking it is concerning. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it's hardcore. <laughs> right. Now, uh, that means that it is the Chrome who's going now. And the Chrome looks over the battlefield, actually looks down at Bernie yeah. and dismisses him as on the ground at the moment. Oh, good. Spins towards Trigger, who's still standing, and goes to slam Trigger on the head. Also, Bernie shouldn't have gone yet, because Bash dropped his initiative to zero for this round. No, he, he, he didn't get bashed. Oh, yeah, you're right. I keep forgetting what I'm doing. I apologize. It goes to Bash Trigger, and it hits. Bash Trigger, Bash. And Trigger takes 37 typeless physical damage. And Trigger's initiative drops to zero for this round. Because it's for one full round and Trigger hasn't gone yet. Uh, so 37 typeless physical to Trigger. And that's all you really need to worry about. Meanwhile, the shamaness that's fighting on the other side, uh, she chants very quickly and you see a different kind of energy flow over her, the Beastmaster, and the Bulldor over there. But nothing else really seems to happen. Uh, the shamaness on your side looks over at Liliana, who just, you know, elbowed her. Looks down at her hands that doesn't have the claw on it anymore. Like, looks down on them for a second, like they shake for a bit. And then she does a wildly telegraphed attack. No, actually, no, she just punches Liliana in the face. Shadow Punch can't miss. Oh, so no. she just decks Liliana in the face with a Shadow Punch. One of my own moves used against me. <laughs> Which does 36 ghost physical damage. Remember to take off your defense. You didn't take an injury from that, correct? No, I'm at 66. Uh, can I get a combat check from you quick? Ooh, okay. Okay. Uh, let me get my cat. <laughs> I have to shield them from my cat. <laughs> <laughs> I got an 11. Even though you just got hit in the face, you've been in scraps before. You, you've been street fighting before, and... Judging by what this shamanist does next, she hasn't been in, in street fights before because she punches you in the face and then immediately bends down to try to grab her claws again. You can do a struggle attack as an attack of opportunity against her. Haha, foolish mortal! <laughs> <laughs> wow, Liliana's god mode activated. <laughs> Well, I, I just enjoy that there's this that there's this giant like battle like raging all around them, and Lilian is essentially fighting a shamaness over a set of claws. <laughs> I've been waiting forever for these. <laughs> if I can't have them, no one can. Okay, I rolled a thirteen. You hit, and since you're not using a weapon for this because you didn't have a weapon in, on hand, uh, it's the damage mm-hmm. base four, so one d eight plus six plus the other. I got 32. Once again, she is not in her ghostly form, so this hits. <laughs> uh, that did 18 normal physical damage to her, <laughs> which is not quite enough to give her an injury. Basically, as she bends down, you knee her in the stomach. That's for before. Actually, no, look, thinking of the logistics, you knee her in the chin. And so you just hit her and she goes, oh, and like gets knocked back again. She does not pick up the claws at this moment. They're, they're, they're at your feet. 
Yeah, stay down. I'm gonna, like, put a foot over them. <laughs> it's not your turn yet. Uh, you can at least try to do that, yes. The Boldor, you see the, you see that energy that was around that Boldor shimmer again, allowing it to ignore the paralysis. And then it shoots a bunch of rocks at the uh, Manectric again, which j- is barely hanging on. You can see that it's about to fall over. Trigger got hit by Chrome. So, yes. revenge mm, Yeah. work then? Yes. Okay, because it's still this round. Okay, haha. Okay, I'm gonna use revenge. And that's excellent because okay, so that actually is a demonstration of 14, but first roll the hits. Okay. So I got 14. It says damage base 12, but since you have stab on it, it's damage base of 14. So roll 40, 10. Nice. Oh, weird. The the damage base mm-hmm. that it says there is the damage base that you're doing. Even though that it says 12, that's that's that the damage dice that they give there is for is the damage dice for 14. Weird. Oh. So yeah, roll 40, 10. Okay, so I got 17. Okay, add 15. Okay, so 32. And then add uh, trigger's attack stat. So that'd be 54. That did 44 damage. Finally gives it an injury. <sighs> and Trigger getting hit by that bash, you see him like, uh, actually, like looking behind you, you actually see him get knocked back from it, and you see him grin. And he takes the momentum that he got knocked back from to just come up and punch his fist into the chrome's chest, like just crunching through that metal that was there. And the chrome gets hit by that and it's kind of jerking a second, and then you just hear a... Ding! What? And its eyes flash, and from within the crater that he just punched, I need to look this up so that I'm doing this properly. Uh oh. I need to make sure that I'm actually doing all of this properly. Oh boy. (laughs) (laughs) The whole game is a sham. The entire podcast (laughs) is a lie. Foaming around Trigger's arm that's in there, you start to see bubbles appear. And then a jet of pu- of bubbles forces his arm out and slams into his chest, uh, knocking him backwards. He gets hit by Bubble Beam. What? Which does... Told you to star you. <laughs> uh, it deals 31 water special damage to Trigger, and it lowers Trigger's speed by one. So negative one combat stage on his speed. But he could still uh, trade in the motivated set and get, bring that back up. Yeah, you could just get rid of that. Professor Sneeze, can I get a Pokemon education check from you? That's 19. Uh, so this thing is the Pokemon, but it's but this is the first Pokemon move that it's used. It used Bubble Beam, but before that, it used Metronome. What? Guys, it just used Metronome. While this is going on, uh, the Manectric on its last legs turns and leaps towards the Shamanist with a bite. But the Shamanist, who is in ghost form, dodges quickly to one side from being hit from that. Uh, unfortunately, she dodges right where the ranger was pointing, and another giant bolt of energy fires down from the sky, lands on the Shamanist, and knocks her flat out cold. So that Shamanist is down and out. Ooh. Really quick, is Archie Chrome. close to Chrome? You were all near to Chrome, so uh, he could definitely reach. Okay, I want Archie to use Frisk on Chrome. Reveals type, ability, nature, level, and name of any held items. Uh, type functionally steel, though it's not actually a steel type, but functionally okay. so. So all of steel types, weaknesses, and resistances. Uh, its only ability is levitate. Nature not applicable. Just okay. blank slate on nature. Level 40. Ooh. And held items, none. Actually, no, held items. The two uh, flails 
are technically held items, ah. but they're welded to it. So you can't get rid. You, you can't tear, tear them off. He's a really strong thief. <laughs> There, Liliana. Yeah, right. No. I was just thinking about that. <laughs> Basically, you'd have to render this thing inert and then get a blowtorch. <laughs> I'll take out grunge. Yeah, maybe. Grunge and a flare of blitz together, that'll take care of it. None of Archie's attacks are really great because it's steel type. But we're gonna we're gonna go for gold and we're gonna use astonish. Archie, surprise it! So let's see if that works. 13 to hit. That hits. It's not gonna flinch it. Doesn't flinch it. No, it's not gonna do a lot of damage either. Gonna do exactly 23 ghost physical damage, which is not gonna even scratch it. Clunk, zero yep. damage. Figured. Yeah, that's. So Archie goes up and it's like, ah! Good try, Archie! And it just hits it. You don't even see it like running any sort of calculations, it just ignores the hit. Archie jumps up, thrice! <laughs> Charlie, you are up. Uh, Charlie takes a moment and he he's kind of getting. Frustrated by the chrome and is uh, getting upset in this battle. He looks very intently at it and uh, he uses Omen, which I assume would work, even though this is not a Pokemon. Yes, Omen is an enemy, not a not a Pokemon. So that's the one you chose. Yes, I did choose Omen. Okay. Yeah. So uh, what Omen does for those listening, um, which is uh, the ability that Charlie gets with his uh, Hex Maniac class that he's originally picked up. Uh, choose a Pokemon within five meters. Am I within five meters of the Chrome? Uh, yes, I, okay. you are. The target accuracy is lowered by two, so the Chrome will hopefully not hit things as much. I say, even if you weren't, you would easily be able to get there. So, and that's my that's my turn. That means it is Liliana's turn. Okay, so the shamaness she had been going after is knocked flat, correct? She no, got hit by a, no, like, that was the other shamaness. Oh, the no. shamaness that was in battle with that ranger oh, yeah. is now knocked flat. The shamaness you're fighting is still up. Oh, okay. Uh, cool. I'm gonna keep wailing on her then. What are you using to wail on her with? How does poison barb? That means that if you make a struggle attack, you can make your struggle attack as poison type weapons, and they poison enemies after a certain roll. Okay, I'm gonna do that against the shamanist. Okay, poison weapons. Uh, it, no, the, sorry. It's it, yeah. You can have it deal poison type damage if you want. You don't have to, and it poisons your target on a 16 plus on your accuracy. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go for it. I'm gonna try. Actually, here's an interesting thing of synergy. Before you do that, okay. One of the features you have as a rogue is cutthroat, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which means you can use rogue moves as weapon moves, and according to uh, Ninja, if you make a weapon attack, the attacker move poisons its target on. So you can use a you can use one of your rogue moves and have it poison on 16 plus. And your rogue moves are faint attack and thief. Well, we don't have anything more to steal, so I guess we won't do that. Okay, but you can still do faint attack. Okay, uh, let's do that then. Yep. So roll to see if you crit or poison. Come on, let's do both. Please, <laughs> please. <laughs> oh no, I got a one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> If I quick did a thing of double team for plus two act, no, I'm just kidding. I wouldn't do anything. <laughs> no, no, that wouldn't save it. I'm, I'm afraid. Plus, I believe it. I believe it says that you have to. You have to announce that before you do it. Before you roll. Yeah, I do. I just joke. <laughs> While it would be hilarious to make you somehow use magnitude, you could roll a d. A D20 to see what happens? And randomly choose. Oh, sure. Yeah, let's do that. I rolled four. So that's the five, number five. Which is, Michael, look look at what number five is. Oh, it is that. Oh, gotcha. (laughs) So as you, like, you go swinging for it, and she dodges to one side, and you go to swing down, and a thought drifts through your mind of, like, when you were fighting Deidre a little bit ago, and how she said, oh, you have the ability if you want to go that direction. 
And as you're thinking about that, like that weird energy that sometimes coats your whip and your attacks when you're using especially dark type attacks, suddenly intensifies and just slams into the ground. I'm going to say because this is a critical fumble, you and the shamaness are hit by this magnitude. Roll a d6 for me. I got a two. Magnitude's damage base is equal to five plus x, where x is the value of the d6. So it's a damage base of seven. Roll a d20 for me as well. Chris, this one I get a 19 on. Uh, that that means that the shamaness gets hit as well as you. Good. <laughs> okay, so now roll 2d6. Eight. Okay, add 10. So 18. Okay, and then add your attack score. That'd be 36. Okay, so both you and the shamaness take 36 ground physical damage. Oof. <laughs> okay. The shamaness is like dodging to one side, and even though you can't really see her face, you can feel that she's smirking at you. And then you hit the ground and shudder the whole thing, and she gets like knocked over, says wake up, and she's just like, what? <laughs> Still god. <laughs> so, yeah, because... You both took injuries from that hit. Wow. <laughs> that was a solid blow. <laughs> I'm glad I at least got hurt too, so it's worth it, maybe. <laughs> Professor Sneeze, you're up. I'm going to target Chrome, and I'm going to power up my hair muscles and use Weather Ball. It's sunny out. <laughs> That's a 10. That hits. 31. So that did nine fire special damage. This, You notice that it's actually moving a little bit faster now that it's you know gotten breached. And so it actually swings to one side so that you, your weather ball hits it on a previously unblemished part of it. It still does some warping and some burning, but it's it, it doesn't hit the place that's been constantly hit before. We will take you down. Bernie is up. Would you agree that Bernie would stand up naturally on his own from his prone position without Charlie telling him to? Yes, and standing would be it would take up his move action. Would he be able to still attack, or, or no? Yes, that is a standard action. Because I was thinking, like, I could have Bernie stand up and that'd be his turn, and then I could maybe direct the Absol uh, Harry to do something, but... Take advantage of the yeah, sun. Yeah, we're going to take advantage of the sun. We're going to get Bernie, so Bernie will stand up to use his move action, and then he will uh, take advantage of the sun with double kick. No, kidding, kidding. No, <laughs> <laughs> he's going to use... <laughs> He's going to use uh, Flame Charge to hopefully get his speed up a little bit here uh, again. Uh, so we're going we're gonna to roll on that one there. Come on, Flame Charge. Come on, Flame Charge. It's an 11. 11 hits. Uh, that's uh, a 7, so that's uh, 37 fire physical damage. And that is on, on the chrome, yeah. And with the sunny weather, you gave it a plus 5? I did not do that, so that's going to make it 42. That did 26 fire physical damage. Take that. That's pretty good. It's not quite enough to give it another injury yet, but it's getting burned through. It spins again, this time to take it on the other shoulder. So it's kind of spinning back and forth to take them both, and it's still getting warped, still getting through it, and still kind of like working through everything, but it is still standing. The Beastmaster that was fighting the Ranger rushes over to the Shamanist that just got knocked over by a bolt of lightning and, and shoves a revive into her mouth. And the shamanist like coughs and starts waking up, and then he's like, "And no fair! We're in the middle of something here." Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, the chrome, the chrome spins towards trigger, lifts up one of its arms perpendicular, and the chain suddenly retracts into its arm, leaving like this mess of this spiked ball on the end of just like a rod. 
and the spike ball spins. It starts spinning faster and faster. Ooh, what is is? Would you would you say this is a melee type attack? It is. Yes. Why? I don't know if I'm supposed to declare this yet or not, but uh, vital. Throw? Yes, you can say that sh- that he will use vital throw after the triggering attack is resolved. So yes, that's actually perfect because trigger is still grinning from this whole thing, and so as he sees himself getting targeted again, he just goes back into a stance and is just ready for it. But this thing is spinning faster and faster and faster, and the chrome just jerks forward, and Trigger really was ready for it, because he just taps the side of his arm and lets the chrome pass right by him without touching him. <gasps> yes! <laughs> Unfortunately, the chrome is moving faster, so it, it misses with that hit and just immediately swings around with the chain on the other arm to go towards Trigger. And Trigger, again, just executes a perfect block into the air. Nice. That was two twos. It rolled two Good. twos. And yeah, Thank wow, you. Trigger. What is, what, what is with fighting types in this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> They're the heroes. I guess. He like adjusts his shades. Oh yeah, he is wearing sunglasses. That is so perfect. <laughs> oh yes, it I keep won't, forgetting it, it won't change. It, it won't change what happened. But uh, because he got hit by Bash pretty hard, is it okay if like one of the lenses of his sunglasses are cracked now? Ooh, yeah, cool. go for cool. it. But he's still going with everything. Uh, that actually makes it Trigger's turn. Oh wait, no, sorry. Um, after that move is resolved, he uses Vital Throw. So even yeah, even if it misses, he still uses Vital Throw, and Vital Throw cannot miss. Uh, roll to see if you crits. Come on, dude. That's the wrong <laughs> dice. <laughs> I got an eight. Okay, it can't miss, so you're good. 40 total. That did 23 fighting physical damage, which is not quite enough to give it an injury again yet. But he does that with that next hit, Trigger wraps that chain around his fist and yanks the chrome out of the air and just slams it into the ground once. And that took him a decent amount of effort. This thing is heavy. And so he just ends it down and then has to let go and it just like pops back up but it's nice and bent and beaten up all over its surface now meanwhile the shamaness that liliana is fighting because the other shamaness just got woken up again shamaness that liliana is fighting actually uh she she really like she really isn't a street fighter she just punches you in the face again (laughs) weak she actually uh jumped into a shadow in front of you and you feel her presence behind you as she goes to hit you, you hear a commotion and just a thump, and you realize that in passing through, she tripped over the hem of her robes and fell over. Yeah. <laughs> she rolled a one, and so she is tripped. She's nothing without her claws. <laughs> it seems like it. The Bulldor on the other battlefield, uh, it leaps forward with its head down again, and this time it slams into the Manectric and sends the Manectric kind of flying over the bat, like across part of the battlefield and lands. The Manectric is knocked out. But even as the Manectric lands, the Ranger returns the Manectric very quickly, just looking angrier than you've seen her look throughout this entire battle, even though she was very serious and going through it. And then she throws out a Pokemon. The stripes are kind of jagged. It's black with white stripes, and those are jagged white stripes. It has blue and yellow ringed eyes, blue on the inside of its ears, and then there's a white jagged mane going up at the top of its head where it comes to two points, almost like horns, and it goes down its back all the way back to its tail, which ends in like a starburst shape. Mm. Uh, So that was her move action since uh, the Nectric was fainted. 
and then she points at the Beastmaster, and another jolt of energy fires out. But the Beastmaster quickly dodges to one side, and then the Ranger calls out and points to the Shamaness, and the Pokemon that she just released stomps its hook once, and a familiar blackish-purple energy surrounds it, and it just lowers its head and jumps towards the Shamaness and just knocks her back unconscious. Like, nope, nope, this isn't happening. I'm gonna roll a quick Pokemon, Ed. Yep, 24. This is a Zebstruck. It's an electric-type Pokemon. Um, it is an extremely fast multiple Pokemon. And you can tell also with that role that this uh, Zebstrika has been specifically trained throughout its time to be moving even faster. What that means mechanically is that this has an overland speed of 12. Whoa. It is Archie's turn. Right, really quick, if Archie were to pass his turn and I switched Pokemon on my turn, would the Pokemon that comes out, if it's faster than me, get to go right away? Yes. That's it's forfeiting its turn. I'll essentially just like call to Archie. Archie, get yourself out of the battle. Okay. Yeah, Archie. So Archie just kind of backs out and just stays away from the battlefield. Charlie, your turn. I'm trying to think if Charlie is gonna do a whole lot at all. <laughs> yeah, actually, we'll do uh, my. I'll use my last uh, cheerleader. Um, I should say my last go fight win. Okay. And we're gonna say, all right, guys, looks like we're starting to wrap this up. I believe in, in you. So. All allies on the field gain a plus two bonus to evasion for one full round to become cheered. And cheered is also helps with save checks. Basically this round, hopefully the chrome can't hit people. Uh, by the way, just to let you know, you can stack uh, cheers. So people can be motivated more than once or cheered more than once. They just can't activate more than one of the same thing at the same time. Ah. Okay, but unfortunately, like, I can only do each one of these cheers once per scene. So ah, I'm, I'm all out of these... Okay. I'm a lot of those cheers. All right, Liliana, you are up. Okay, I'm um, gonna do. Yeah, I'll just keep going at it. Thank you, Kat. Okay. Do you still want to do the poison weapons? Yes. Okay. Yep. Uh, roll to see if you hit a crit. I got a 15. No crit, no poison, but you still hit her. I got 35 dark physical. That did 21 dark physical damage. Uh, she is looking the worse for wear. She's still up. She's still getting going, but she is. She's looking about ready to go. Another solid hit like that would knock her out. Too bad it didn't poison her. <laughs> yep, so you're getting there. Bernie is up with his new speed. All right, Bernie is going to continue to take advantage of the sun. He's going to flame charge. Ooh, two. Uh, he goes for the flame charge, but the chrome is ready for him, so it quick swerves to one side to get out of the way. And I assume uh, Bernie does not get his, uh, on a miss, does not get his uh, raised combat stage. It does not have spirit surge, so no. All right, but he still gets another one anyways, but... The idea is, like, the next one he'd be faster than Liliana. Not that he's racing her or anything. But... <laughs> uh, he is faster than her now, because... But, uh... Or he's, he's faster than her after this now. I right? got you. All right, but that means it is Professor Sneeze's turn. Way to go, Archie! Come on back! We've got a big, tough foe ahead of us here, and he's almost down, but you can take him the rest of the way! Come on out, boss! So I send out boss the main... Uh, primate. He's not a main anymore. He's, boss he's a big boy. Primate. Yeah, boss... Boss, this guy's huge! Hit him with a low kick! You don't know if Boss hears you, but he's ready to fight Good. this thing. So go ahead and roll. Doing it. That's a 12 to hit. That hits. Its weight class is 5. It's That's pretty heavy. It is, but I've got other things that have bigger damage bases. Um, well, it's, remember, it's double its weight class. Oh, it is double its weight class, isn't it? <laughs> I forget that. Yes, so that's 3d8 plus 10. Uh, 40... Fighting physical. That is enough to do 29 
fighting physical damage, which is enough to give this thing another injury. Yes! It didn't knock it out, but it gave it another injury. That's right, boss! And so boss comes out and immediately just looks at it, realizes that it's not going to knock it down with low kick, which is what low kick often does. So he just leaps up and does just a spinning kick to the bottom of it. And just, uh, the, the legs seem to be more, like, vestigial to this thing. It didn't really seem to be using it. But, uh, boss kicks its legs off. Yes! <laughs> Kick off those vestigial legs. Chrome creature ticks ominously for a few seconds again. Oh, no. Ding! Its eyes flash. A moment later, with a shriek of tearing air, a rip appears in the fabric of space, shining with coruscating hues of pink, black, and white light. It uses uh, it uses spatial rend. That's what I thought it was. <laughs> yep, spatial rend on boss because boss is the one who hit it, and that even hits with the accuracy accuracy drop. Yes, it hits even with the accuracy um, drop. Right. It wasn't an even numbered roll, so it's not a crit. Oh my gosh, even numbered rolls are even crits with that? numbered oh. rolls. And that's also with boss's plus two evasion. Yep, it rolled oh. a nineteen. Oh. It deals twenty eight. No, sorry. Yeah, 28 dragon special damage. Boss shakes it off and just, like, runs his paw through his hair. Was was there a breeze? No. <laughs> he actually tears himself away from it, even though he doesn't take much damage, because the rip doesn't fade. The roar grows louder. Archie appears on Sneeze's shoulder, basically pulls himself out of the Pokeball, his normal calm demeanor gone, as he grabs Sneeze's head with his arm tail and shouts, Run! Grunge sneezes Liliana roughly by the arm with his teeth trying to pull her away as quickly as he can. And Charlie feels two sharp cold points jab him in the kidneys as Katana attempts to urge him to pick up speed away as well. Uh, the rip draws your eye even as the archetypes try to pull you away. This is a rip in space, suddenly bulges outwards, tearing apart again to reveal a grayish-white draconic arm tipped with huge claws, which lashes out across the courtyard and seizes the chrome creature in a punishing grip. All of the air ripples around you. Professor Sneeze. Only. You are standing in the middle of a group of stout, business-like buildings, their appearance a jarring contrast to the more rustic ancient buildings that you were near to just a split second before. The fires are out of sight here, the sounds of battle and chaos more muted, but you can tell you're still in low keep. You just seem to be in a quieter section, where the chaos hasn't quite spread. On your shoulder, Archie is muttering to himself. Not very jealous, very paranoid, bad luck. Uh, function of archetype, which one? Unimportant. Uh, current location, office buildings, low keep, so... Ranger buildings. Rangers busy. Secured location, then moved on. Not main target, unimportant. Why? Archetypes, facts. Love, loyalty, connections, solitude, creation. Some are all factored into random teleport. Facts. Too little information. Connections to sneeze myself. Too little information. Solitude, obvious. Creation, unsure if relevant. Next course of action. Er, uh, sneeze. Right, trainer. Are you alright? All limbs intact. Can I get a perception check from you? Eight. You just barely see a blur of yellow and black crackling with blue energy flying towards Archie from somewhere to your right. Make a combat check to keep whatever it is from hitting Archie. Oh my gosh, okay. This is not gonna be good. I'm not good at combat. Wait, I've, I've got a bonus to skill checks? Or no, that was saving throws. Okay. I will allow it for this, because you're basically trying to save for it. I, I will allow that. So a plus two on, to save it. You can have a plus two to the ship. Plus... Alright, I'm gonna I'm gonna trade in my, my last echoes of the future. Okay. And roll twice. Yep. Oh that that was a max roll on, on the first roll, so that's fourteen. <laughs> uh, moving with extraordinary speed for your age, you snatch the ultra ball out of the air moments before it could touch Archie's fur. The bluish energy stings your fingers for a moment before fading. Congratulations, you may add one Ultra Ball to your inventory. 
Yes, it is an empty Ultra Ball. You are really annoying me, old man. A familiar voice grumbles to your right. Standing at the entryway to one of the squat buildings is a purple-haired boy in a lab coat whom you haven't seen before you met Charlie, Liliana, or Archie. His right arm is extended. On it, he's wearing a strange glove of silvery metal, which disappears under his lab coat's sleeve. Just leave the archetype with me and run while you can, he continues, reaching to his belt for a Pokeball. This won't be like our last battle. Now I'm prepared. Archie is faster. But that is where we freeze. Liliana, you are standing in an accidental courtyard. A large patch of open space surrounded by the backs of buildings in the city, cut off from any pedestrian roads. Such courtyards occur due to two people bickering over property, intentional lying to the zoning board in order to perform clandestine deals, or simply poor planning. Whatever the case, Ratu abounded with such little places of solitude. It seems that Lowkeep has these places as well. You can still hear the raging fires, the shouts and screams, though nothing has encroached upon this area yet. Well. That's a bit surprising. Encouraging, though. A familiar voice speaks from behind you. Behind you stands a figure shrouded in the saffron robes of the Agni Shamanesses. On a second look, however, her robe is different from all but one of the other Shamanist robes you've seen before. It fades from red at the edges into yellow at the center, as the others do, but at the top of the hood, the yellow abruptly shades into a pale electric blue, and then darkens into a black circle at the back of the shamaness's head. Uh, catch your breath, catch your breath. Uncle's methods can be a little disconcerting to mortals. Zekrom says, bending down to scratch Grunge under the chin. Grunge leans into the scratching, closing his eyes happily. Their paranoia and jealousy is right up my alley, you, you know, but they're so concerned with the proper order of things. It's a little disappointing. But of course, my sibling thinks that's the best part of Uncle. She continues conversationally, fixing you with one inhuman blue eye. So I, I could talk about what's going on here, or I could give you cryptic hints of the future, but all of that sounds really boring. So this is what we're going to do. At this point, Grunge has rolled onto his belly, his tongue out in enjoyment. We are going to have a battle, you and me. If I win, I kill you and your team. If you win, I'll give you a treat. Something fun and interesting, not something boring like information or help. In order to make things actually fun and not just boring, I'm going to be using this body I have here and its abilities. So you might actually stand a chance. Oh, wait, uh, and she, and uh, the Zekrom just leans forward and flicks you on the head. Uh, your injuries are cured and you're at full health. Zekrom grins at you for a split second, then frowns. No, no, no. By yourself, this is still too easy. You should use one of your partners to help you out. Not, not Grunge here. I don't like to hit the kids when I can help it. Uh, it can, uh, Zekrom continues, patting Grunge quickly on the head before standing up straight to look you over. Why don't you use that fascinating scyther you... No. Zekrom's eyes literally begin to glow as a slow smile splits the face impossibly in two. No, no, that is interesting. What a choice! What drama! What risk! No, 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 it has to be this one. Reaching into its sleeve, Zekrom pulls out a battered old Pokeball, and your waist suddenly feels a little lighter. This one for sure, she says, tossing you Spicy's Pokeball. Ooh, this is fun already, Zekrom crows, sticking out their left hand, straight out from their side. The shadows shift and merge, coalescing into a huge black scythe. 
its blade as long as its handle. Ready or not, here I, Liliana, is faster. But... Oh my gosh. Charlie, <laughs> alone. You are standing in the middle of the street in front of a parking garage, which, after traveling through the naturalistic environs of the D region for the past several weeks, may be more jarring in and of itself than the fact that less than a second ago you were in the front courtyard of Loki. An instant after registering where you are, two thin blade arms appear in your vision, crossing themselves in front of your mouth in an obvious be quiet gesture. An instant later, one of the arms whips back behind you and you feel its sharp point jabbing you in the shoulder to propel you forwards. Uh, you make it into the cool darkness of the parking garage, and the jabbing in your shoulder stops. The blade arm gestures for you to turn around. If you do so, you are greeted with an empty street, and then, in a ripple of air, one of the chromes hovers past silently, already fading again beneath whatever camouflage is built into their exoskeletons. Katana jumps down in front of you, regarding you solemnly. She puts one of her blade arms in front of her, where you assume her mouth is, obviously telling you, shh. Then she points upwards towards the next floor of the garage. Can you make a stealth check if you're heading upstairs? Uh, yeah, I can do a stealth check. You have a plus two modifier on it, but still, it's just untrained. Uh, it's a five total. The first floor is dark, but a light is coming from above. As you near the light, you hear muttering as well from a high feminine voice. The muttering resolves itself into a series of words and phrases which seem to be in another language, or just in another code or something, all coming at rapid speed. Can I get a technology education check from you? Yep. Uh, tech is five. Tech is uh, tech is five. Okay, you do not understand what she's talking about. Okay. Uh, coming to the entrance of the second floor, you see that all of the cars in that floor have been shoved messily into the edges of the space, clearing out a large bare area in the center of the parking garage. Lying on her stomach in the middle of this place is a girl at least a few years younger than Charlie, with an explosion of reddish-brown curls on top of her head, and brownish eyes covered with enormous spectacles. Uh, the girl's covered from head to toe in two large sweats, except for her, like, sweatpants and sweatshirt, except for her bare feet, which kick idly in the air, and her hands, which type rapidly at a device sitting in front of her that look like, looks like a bulky mixture of a typewriter and a Pokedex. Or maybe a smaller version of the computers that are found at Pokemon centers around the region. The girl seems to be muttering to herself constantly, and her hands never stop moving. Sleeping atop the girl's back is a Pokemon Charlie can immediately recognize as a Vulpix, although someone seems to have taken this Vulpix to a hair salon. Uh, both the tuft of fur on top of the Vulpix's head and three of its six tails are bright yellow instead of red-orange. Can I get a Pokemon education check from you? Yes. Oh, uh, that's a ten. You just figure out that the Vulpix has been electric shifted. It's probably a fire and electric type. Neat. As you're registering this, without looking up, the girl says, I don't know who you are, kid, but you're doing uh, what you're or what you're doing in the D area with Chan hair, but you're either an enemy or a bother. Uh, Firefox, get him away. Uh, bucking her back slightly, the girl dumps the Vulpix to the floor. The Pokemon springs up alert and yips at Charlie, firing a ball of multicolored energy directly into Charlie's eyeballs. Pretty colors. Charlie, you're confused. And you're up. Okay. But I think that's all the time that we have for this week. So thank you for joining us this week. You can find us online at tapestryradio.org, dash Pokemon slash rollout, or slash Pokemon dash rollout, on Twitter at Pokeroll Podcast, and on Facebook at facebook.com slash Pokerollout. Join our Facebook group, the Pokemon Rollout Tap Room. As long as you're not a robot, we'll approve your quest to join. There you can join in the conversation with creators and fans. 
and become a part of the Pokemon Rollout community. Also, follow our network on Twitter, at Tapestry Radio, and check out some of our other great shows at TapestryRadio.org, like Intermission, Michael and Ethan in a Room with Scotch, and Us Play Fiasco. A special thank you to Rocco W. for our theme music, Electric Donkey Muscles, and feel free to check the show notes for the other music and sound effects used in this episode. Once again, I'm Nick, and you can follow me on Twitter, at PokeRollNick. I'm Paul. On Twitter, you can find me at ProfSnag, and otherwise, uh, we'll have links in the description for our Discord and our uh, taproom. Come hang out and talk Pokemon stuff with us. Yes, and I am Michael. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at M-G-L-I-L-I-E-N-T-H-A-L. And I'm Lydia, and you can follow me on Twitter at L-I-L underscore Shadow 8. I told you not to make me exert myself, Paul. You can follow me on Twitter at Behind Your Eyelie. That's Behind Your E-Y-E-L-I. If you like what we do here every other week on Pokemon Rollouts, tell a friend, retweet us, and especially please rate us on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you really like us, donate to us on Patreon, patreon.com slash pokerollpodcast, and get some sweet rewards. Special thanks to our patrons, Dr. Audinum, Gregory Lopez, David Harshman, Rob, Alex Abram, Nathan Jester, DGZ, Froxus, Legendary, Malachi Corder, and Mitch Grabowski. You guys are awesome, and we can't say it enough. We really appreciate all that you, the gentle listeners, do for us. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch ya later. Bye. <laughs> just gonna go cry now. <laughs> yeah, just a little bit. Oh, man. Next time on Pokemon Rollout. Separated by a legendary event in the midst of a city under siege, the trainers each find themselves facing a dangerous, and in one case, deadly, foe. Can Professor Sneeze keep Archie safe from the strange man there to steal him? Can Charlie shake off his confusion and defeat the odd girl with the computer and the electric Vulpix? And how will Liliana fare against Zekrom? Find out next time on Pokemon Rollout. Quotation mark instead of a colon. <laughs> Yuck it up. Yuck it up. Are we just I think make, it looks just gonna, fine, Michael. Don't let them bother today? you. Thank you. Like, are we gonna make Kids it are just mean. <laughs> you are welcome and we are sad. <laughs> I'm not sorry. Uh, hang on, you I'm are sorry. welcome and I am sorry. <laughs> I'm I sorry, he's not like sorry either. It just seems like most people are caught up in their own problems. Aren't we all? Well, the, I guess the, the gel creatures didn't freak out at the girl. They didn't react. Right, right. Okay. Wait, did Nick just turn 2020 into a, a, a rollout episode? What is the name of this actual thing? Uh, I'm sorry, I need to look up the name of this move again.
this probably shouldn't, I shouldn't be talking through all of this because, you know, they just get rid of it, but I'm just, I'm just <laughs> keep, keeping on talking because I don't know why. Man, I thought Zekrom and I were buds, but, you know, whatever. Uh, He'd just be playing. This, this is how Zekrom shows affection. Great, I'm glad we're best friends. <laughs> just like, go skipping off into the Zek Zekrom thinks you are fun flame. enough to play with. We've all got, Great. like, high stakes with these, but Lydia, you better not lose. <laughs> Wait, maybe more jarring... Bless you. Maybe more... Bless you. Thank you. Maybe more jarring in and of itself than the fact that less than a second ago, you were in the front courtyard of Lokeith. Bless you again. An instant... Way to cut the tension! An... Obscurantism and obfuscation. Orally observed, gentle listener. Gentle listener. Gentle listener. Gentle listener. Obviated objects of oblivion. Obambulating about. Offered unto you. Offered unto you. Offered unto you. In the Tapestry Radio Network. Tapestryradio.org. From our fancy to yours.